Good morning. It is a wonderful, wonderful morning. Glad you're here today. I got a couple of quick follow-up things. One is just a, a, a reminder to thank the Shomers, Stickman, Cupcakes for the wonderful gift for Christmas Eve service. We enjoyed those cupcakes so very, very much. Thank you for that. They donated those to us, and for that, we're very grateful. The other thing is a follow-up from, from what Pastor Tom was saying about these uh, Black Hills Talk Show rodeo tickets that, that are available. Uh, the proceeds from those are going to go to, uh, we're, we're working on our sound system. We're going to take another step up, we think and uh, some better speakers and better placement and better whatever. Um, now we're already over my head, except I'm hoping it's better for those of you who sit in the back. And, and so the proceeds of these tickets, they've been donated to us and we're gonna put that money toward new, uh, new and better sound, we think. So, so thank you for all of that. Do you, you, know, you know what they call an old retired cowboy? deranged <laughs> that's not all that funny good to see you this morning it really really is and and we're going to jump into God's word today in in a few minutes last week we talked out of Philippians chapter 3 about the importance of having a job, having a purpose, having a mission, having a cause and a calling, and how absolutely important that was to us to keep our head in the game, engaged, to keep our heart in the game, energized, and to give us courage and strength to do what needs to be done. We, we walk through that. Now we're going to talk about that from the Apostle Paul's perspective, what his purpose was and I want to say that I've adopted it and share it, and, and I'm, I'm ex really excited about this message. I, I'm, I'm really intentional about this message, and I'm watching it live out in many of your lives. And the whole idea is really knowing Christ. There was a point in my life where I came to the realization that I know a lot about God. I grew up in it, I heard it, I went to school, I made good grades, I did all this good stuff. I could beat pretty much anybody in Bible trivia. I knew a lot about God, but I didn't know God. And there's a huge difference. We're gonna talk about that. So it's become, I, I've adopted what the Apostle Paul is saying. Here's this guy who's this giant intellect who writes two-thirds of the New Testament for us, who, and he says to us, we're gonna read it in a little bit, I want to know Christ. And you think, wow, if that's his goal, I need to work on this probably. So let's talk about that. Let's go to the next slide and say that, that in chapter three, I'm not gonna read all of this till we get to this point, but he talks about three ways or three avenues to knowing Christ. And he says, first of all, he said, I kept the rules. I was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. And the Pharisees had on the Bible and the word of God, they had literally volumes. They had a library of the interpretations and ramifications of the law and the rules and the intricacies of all of that. They were amazing. And he said, I kept those faultless. Wow. Very few people could testify to that. He said, I kept the rules. Oh, by the way, religion's not necessarily a bad thing. The Bible talks about religion being pure and undefiled. Religion typically means a structure 
toward knowing, appreciating, apprehending God. But religion can get in the way when it becomes a substitute. Let's talk about rules. Rules are typically not a bad thing. Hello? Now, some of you have a temperament of a rule keeper. I don't understand you, but God bless you. I'm, I'm happy for you. I have, a, I have the idea of a rule is, that's interesting. Huh. Um, I wonder how you get around that. Uh, but, but, but temperament aside, most of all would say we, we think a, a society based on law and order is a good thing. We think rules are, generally speaking, a good thing. But following the rules can become a substitute for knowing God. Just keeping the law, keeping the rules. Don't do that, do do this, especially don't do that. Following the rules. Or there's another way, and that is the rituals. And Paul would again testify in chapter three. He said, it started for me when I was an eight-year-old baby. I mean, an eight-day-old baby. And it started to me all the way up through. I've followed all the rituals. I've kept all the, the sacraments. I've kept all the feasts. I've kept all of the holy days. I've, I've gone through all of the ceremonies. I've gone through, oh, rituals aren't a bad thing. Rituals, we do a few of them around here. And rituals can be a good thing. For instance, communion. For instance, baptism. Those are good rituals. They, they help us. They, they testify. They cement things. They are, they are a statement on our, on our part. They're good thing unless they become a substitute for the real thing. If I think by having received communion, I really know Christ, oh. If I think by being baptized, my salvation is assured, oh. You understand, sometimes the symbol has more importance than the substance. Sometimes the ritual becomes more important than the reality. And, 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 and I can name a whole boatload of religions that have gone there. And, and that, that, again, those rituals aren't bad. Those rules aren't bad. I'm not saying that. But they are bad if they substitute and get in the way of a relationship. And so Paul is saying, this is what I really want. I want a relationship. I want to know Christ, he says. I've done all the rules and kept them. Still don't think I know him. I've jumped through all the hoops and done all the rituals and kept them. Still don't think I've been there, done that. I really want to stop right now and tell a horse training story, but I don't have time. But I, 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 I'm just telling you, you can do all the right stuff but it's not yet building a relationship. And let me just say this. The reason God created you instead of a robot, instead of an angel, because I'm not looking at a room full of angels. They might be listening online, who knows, but most of the people online aren't. Smile, hello? But that's a good thing, people. The reason God created us and with all the bumps and warts and stuff that we've got is because he wants a relationship with people who sometimes struggle in a relationship. Huh. I gotta tell you, I would have made it simpler than this. Seems like it's really complex to me. But he did it. He enjoys that relationship with us. He wants to know us. That, by the way, is the most amazing thing that God 
will choose to hang out with me. Wow. It's astounding. And he loves it when we hang out with him. It's become one of my favorite theological expressions, just to hang out with God. I actually think it captures the spirit of knowing Christ. We'll get back to that. So, we want to read the scripture. Let's go. It's in Philippians chapter 3, and we'll start at verse 7. Whatever were gains to me, understand that's he's been talking about keeping the rules, following the rituals. Whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord for whose sake I have lost all things. So he's saying all this in the past that, that I was applauded for and given degrees for and promoted for, I now consider that a bunch of loss. Let's go to the next one, please. I consider them garbage. Okay, Paul, what do you really think? I mean, this is really clear. And by the way, that's a great transition. The old NIV used to have it. I consider them rubbish, which was something. But, but this is actually, actually, it's a little worse than that. It, it's, it's like manure is really the, the, the original Greek word that he's talking about. I consider them garbage. I consider them, I don't even want to talk about this stuff. I consider this stuff, he said, not good at all that I may gain Christ. Now, later, you, please understand, Paul will say, oh, many of these rules are good. They're good school teachers. These rituals are good, good school teachers. So he's not totally, but he's just saying in my life, I built my relationship with God on the ability to keep the rules and jump through the hoops and say I have done that and check the boxes. And now he said, I consider that just garbage. Wow. That I may gain Christ and be found, ah, here's the key, what's this? And be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. Pause right there a minute. See, that's the problem. Keeping the rules is not a bad thing, but when I keep the rules and say, well, I'm holy and righteous and good and probably better than you because I keep the rules, you can spot right away that's not a good thing. Hello? And when I say I'm good because I keep the rules, guess what? For you rule keepers, <laughs> I admire some of you. Like, huh, she like comes to a complete stop. Huh? <laughs> she goes 30 and a 30, huh? Wonder what that'd be like. See, I admire you. God bless you. Keep doing what you're doing. I, I, I get this. But, but, but say, if you do that and, and think you're really righteous because of that, he's saying, uh-uh, or, or people who've jumped through all the hoops. I mean, I've done lots of hoops and stuff. I mean, I'm ordained and everything. Whoopee. See? And you think, well, I'm righteous because I have this step and this step and this step and this step. He's saying, no, 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 no. That's, that's, you're focusing again on the wrong person here. You're focusing on what I've done and, and what I don't do. Now, by the grace of God, I follow the rules way better than I would without God. Way better. Hello? By the grace of God, I've gone through lots of symbols and rituals and stuff and to honor God and, to, and to, I'm, I'm not against that stuff. You understand that? But I'm not righteous because of that stuff. That makes, that makes sense? 
I'm not better than anybody, not even better than I used to be because of that stuff. Then neither are you. Smile. It's not a righteousness of our own, he said, that's garbage. But that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Wow. One of the Old Testament names of God, Hebrew names of God, I, uh, don't, don't try to spell it. It's Jehovah Sidkenu, starts with a T. Uh, but it means the Lord my righteousness. He is Jehovah Sidkenu. He is the Lord my righteousness. It's not Jehovah Isaac or Jeff or Mary or, for God's sake, Brian. <laughs> it is Jehovah Sidkenu. He is the Lord Jehovah God, my righteousness. He is that. So my righteousness, let's go to the next one, please. Here it is. Here's his purpose. I want to know Christ. Be good for you to write that down somewhere. Be good for you to put that on a post-it note. Be good for you to put that on your dash or your coffee pot or your mirror. I want to know Christ. It's his driving purpose. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. We're going to unpack that verse a bit, so let's go to the next slide. And the next one is, I want to know, he says, the power of Christ. And that is the power of his resurrection, power to face the future with hope. There's a lot wrapped up in knowing Christ and the power of his resurrection, but this, I think, is the core belief, at least in that. I want to know Christ, he says. I want to know how to face the future with hope. You see... In the power of his resurrection, the fact that Jesus Christ is raised from the dead and said, I am, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Who believes in me shall never die. That is, eternally die. That is, forever die. You're the resurrection in the Christ. So he is saying to us, even in the face of death, even in the face, Paul himself was, was coming, he understood, uh, I'm not going to live all that long, but he said, I want to know Christ and I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. I want to know that he's got me. I want to know that the end is not the end. I want to know that I have a hope that is fixed in Jesus Christ and fixed in heaven and I want to know that there's the resurrection coming and I don't know how long God's going to have me live on this earth but it's whoopee it's not that big a deal I want to know in the hope of the resurrection now please understand I'm in no hurry either just for the record but 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 this isn't it. This isn't the end. This isn't, there's a hope in the resurrection. And by the way, sometimes when life is really, really comfortable, we want it to keep going, but sometimes when it's not so comfortable, we're saying, it's okay, bring it, bring it. We're, we're ready, we're good. We're okay, I get that. But whatever the future is, instead of brooding over it and worrying about it, he says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. You remember Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane? Jesus knew, of course, what he was facing, incredible, cruel punishment and death. And he's saying, Father, if it's possible, can you just let this pass from me? I don't want to do this. This is really going to hurt. I ad-libbed a little there, but I think I'm right on. 
Nevertheless, your will, not my will. And he rose from the grave. He believed in the power of resurrection and he rose triumphant, all of that. I'm not suggesting there's some things about the future that aren't bleak. I'm not suggesting there's some things that you shouldn't say, oh boy. Don't want to do that. But I know in the end, I have hope, the power of his resurrection. I want to identify with Christ to say, there's a future and it's really good. It's really good. Let's go to the next one. I want to know the passion of Christ, he said. And not only the power of his resurrection, but I want to share in his suffering. Ooh. I got to be honest with you. I don't really like this. I'm not a big fan of suffering. Anybody? I, I, don't, I don't like to suffer. I've done plenty, I think. And it wasn't fun. Hello? I don't like to see other people suffer. I really don't. I don't like to see much, I don't like to see animals suffer. I don't like to see anything suffer. I really don't like to cause suffering. Hello? Hmm. But this puts a different light on it. He's saying, I'm not asking you to love suffering. Because frankly, if you do, I think you need to see somebody other than a pastor. But, um, you know, I don't, you, I don't, he said, I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to say that you fall in love with suffering. I want you to have the perspective of Christ on suffering. And he goes through this. I haven't really seen this till rather recently, what he's talking about really. Because I thought he was just asking me to enjoy suffering and think, boy, I'm not there. But he's saying, wait, I want you to be conformable to Christ who suffered as a sacrifice to give. Oh. Oh, well then, that's different. If this means that I have something more to give, if this means that I can help and encourage, if this means that I can bring hope, in the case of Christ, it means he could bring us eternal hope, salvation. He suffered for a cause, for a reason. It was his purpose. Ah, let me understand that my suffering fits in with God's purpose. That make sense? I want to know Christ in the power of his resurrection. I want to know him in the fellowship. I want to share in his suffering as a sacrifice. Let's go to the third one. And that is, I want to know the person of Christ. Not only the power of Christ and the passion, I want to know, the, I want to know Christ, he starts. I want to know Christ. So I want to spend the rest of our time just talking about what it means to know Christ. And there's three elements that, are, that I'm going to make just, they, they, they help lock it in our memory a little bit. First of all, just spend time with him. You spend time with him. Hang out with him. I want to know Christ. If you want to know somebody, I would suggest it's okay to read about them. Like if I'm going to meet somebody that has a track record, I'll probably do a little research find out a few facts and information, know about them, but I don't know them yet. I can read an internet profile and not know somebody. I want to meet them. I want to see them. I want to hang out with them. I might want to have lunch with them. I might want to have coffee with them. I might, if I really want to know them, I want to take a little bit of a road trip with them. Very few people I want to know well enough to go camping with, but, but, 
If you really want to know somebody, go a horseback camping in the mountains. You'll know them. You'll know all their character flaws by the time you get back, trust me. I'm just saying, spending time with people hanging out with them is different than learning about them, right? Now, you know I'm not just talking about you and people. I'm talking about you and Christ. You understand, it is one thing and it is a wonderfully good thing, even, even in Scripture, a wonderfully good thing to read about him, to know about him. And, and there have been more books written about Jesus than about any other subject, so you can, get, you can fill libraries with them. It's, it's amazing to learn about them, and I've read lots of them, and they're good. And learning facts and learning nuances and that, but, 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 but just spending time with him, hanging out with him. I'm still learning what it means to just hang out with him because, again, see, religion gets in our way because some people, if you're really religious, you only pray when you come to church and you only pray when somebody official is praying and you sort of pray along or you only pray some prescribed prayer. We're doing a little better job of this this, this January, by the way. Many of you are on a text list and if you're not, I would encourage you to sign up for it. We're getting a text every day that's a prompter to pray every day and, and something to pray about and pray with them and, and that helps. That, that just stretches us in praying that some of those are just things I hadn't thought about that day yet. And, and, and that's a good thing. But just, just hang out with him. And don't just spend time with him. Talk. Because if you just spend time with somebody and no, nothing's said, you'll learn a little, but not that much. Communication is an art. Let's talk about that a little bit. I learned quite a while ago to say, I, I've, over my lifetime, I've had jobs where I've done a lot of driving, a lot of highway time. And instead of filling that with, with music or podcasts or back in the day, cassette tapes or whatever, uh, um, I've done lots of that too, but just, just turn everything off and just chat with God. I was told one time to say, imagine God in the seat beside you. Well, that was irreverent to me. I thought, hmm, my talking with God is done in formalized prayer and in church. This is irreverent. But I tried it, and it was amazing. Just started talking to God. And for one thing, it helped me in traffic. <laughs> Without him saying anything, it occurred to me that he's probably not ticked off at that guy. Probably not. Hmm. So maybe I shouldn't be. Hmm. And, and it occurred to me after a while, he's probably not in quite as much a hurry as I am because he's from like everlasting to everlasting. He's got time. One day's a thousand years and I'm saving two minutes. Come on. You hear what I'm saying? You see what helps shape me already? What I'm finding out just, just talking with God who's in the seat beside me, just kind of. Because I knew theologically he was with me, closer than that actually. He's actually in me. But it just helped me just to have this conversation, talk with God. Oh, by the way, when you, when, when you talk with God, listen to. See, that's harder. Because God is, at least to me, he's not audible. He doesn't just like break in over the radio speaker. He's not audible to me. Some of you may have had that experience. I don't discount that. But, 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 but he definitely brings things to my mind in my heart, things that say, no, 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 don't, 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 don't go there. I'm not, it doesn't bring you peace. 
other things to nudge me or an idea that pops into my brain and I'm pretty sure I didn't get it. Like, huh? And a couple times I've said, w -w 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 was that you, God? Yes, really, seriously. You want me to do that? I'm not good at that. I know, I'll help you. You start having these conversations with God. You start listening. You start catching, God, what's your heart in this? What you really want to do? I want to listen to you. I want to hear you. And you start developing trust. Hang out with God. I want to know the power of his resurrection. I want to face the future with hope. I want to know, I want to share in his sufferings. I'm not anxious about that one, but okay. I want to make sure it has a purpose and a cause. But I want to know him. I want to know what's important. I want to know what's valuable. I want to know where he is. I want to really know God. I start every day by reading a portion. I read through the Bible every year, just finished it again. Uh, I've done it for many, many, many decades now. And, and just to hang out with God, just to let him speak to me, just to say, what do you got for me today? What, what do you want to talk to me today? I start engaging God in conversation early on. I have certain trigger points that say, I see, see certain and say, yep, this. I start talking there about that with God. I see other things. I allow other things to just intrude through the day, not intrude, but just be a part of it today, just to have conversation with God about that. I would, I would encourage those of you who have a certain set-apart time for prayer, good for you, God bless you. But I want to say to you, develop an ongoing open-ended conversation with God so that it's not limited to any set of minutes or any set of time or any set of place. Let God hang out with you pretty much all the time because he's there. Every once in a while I've been reminded, oops, God's listening. I want to be reminded, yes, God's listening. God, help me on this, amen? So you develop trust. Let me, let, me, let me apply this. This last December, Esther and I celebrated a, a wedding anniversary. We've been married 53 years. There's another couple in this congregation this morning, the Zimmermans, who've been also married 53 years. God bless us. That's really good. Thanks to both of you ladies for putting up with us. It's uh, been amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that and proud of that. I'm pretty sure we have a piece of paper called a marriage license. I'm pretty sure we have one. If, if I was asked to, I would know a couple of places to look first, but I'm, I'm not sure that's where that is. And beyond those two places, I really sure don't have a clue. That legally says we were married 53 years ago. It's a legal fact. I actually remember the wedding. Somewhat. I'm real sure I was there. I, I, I'm, I'm real sure I said the right stuff. I'm, I'm real sure because I've done a few hundred weddings, I, I could remember the vows. If you want to know what color, what the bridesmaids wore or the flowers were like, there's a person in a room who probably knows that, but I, I of course, have no clue. I, I'm pretty sure that something. But I'm not married, we're not married because we have a piece of paper that's 53 years old. Hello? We didn't stay married because we have a piece of paper that's 53 years old. 
A wedding is not a marriage. I was born again as a child of God a long time ago, but I'm not a servant of God today and a follower of God because of something that happened to me. That was a starting point. But a relationship is a growing point, right? Esther and I had known each other for several years before we were married. Uh, we dated twice. No, no. <laughs> Three times. Never mind. Uh, we, we dated for quite a while. And, and we thought we knew each other really well. Those of you who have been are married uh, think, no, that's a joke. We thought we knew each other really well. <laughs> the thing of it is, uh, we were both really young, and we're really different now. So knowing someone is a growing act as well. Hello? You understand? I'm not just talking about marriage right now. I'm talking about our relationship with Jesus. Knowing Jesus. When I came to Jesus, I knew quite a bit of stuff about him already. Kind of knew him, but didn't know him. And I still would say, I'm discovering. I'm walking with him and finding things. He doesn't change, but boy, I do. Are you with me? I'm going to say to you, this, ladies and gentlemen, is a purpose worth getting up for. You have other purposes and other goals. and I, I get that. So do I. You have other things that you're working on, but, but join with me in saying with Paul, I want to know Christ. Not just know about him. Not just be considered a Christian. Christian. I want to know him. So it'll require hanging out with him. It'll require conversation. It'll require listening. And it'll require trusting. Hmm. Trusting. Let's pray. You are the sovereign Lord God. You know everything about everything all the time. I don't even understand that. I know quite a bit of stuff about quite a bit of stuff, but I don't think I know everything about anything. And yet, you delight to hang out with us. Wow. You love us. You care for us. You surround us with your grace. The amazing thing to me is, God, you want to know us. Wow. Because you're like perfect. We're not, but you want to know us. I'm humbled by that, grateful for that. Now, God, I want to know you. We want to know you. Not just know about you. Not just know a set of facts. Not just follow a set of rules. Not just jump through a set of rituals. We want to really know you. When that first gripped me, I didn't even know what it meant. I think I'm just learning the definition of it now. Probably don't know it fully. And you tell us there's a coming day in heaven when we will know as completely as we are now known. Oh, wow. So in eternity, 
our knowing you is going to grow exponentially. Wow. But right now, God, we want to know you. Among all the other goals we have, among all the other purposes we have, among all the other jobs we have, please, God, help us to focus on really, truly knowing you. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Can I just say this? It is a lot of fun to know you. It really is. It's a lot of fun to know you. I want to know Christ better than you, though. See ya. <laughs>